<laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wow. So good to see you in the house of the Lord today, giving honor and praise and glory to King of Kings and our Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, who is worthy, who is worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. Come on, let me hear from you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We had someone leave at three o'clock this morning and been driving to get here and be in the service. Anybody got up any earlier than that to be here this morning? I think you got them beat, brother. Praise the Lord. So we're just excited to know uh, whatever you sacrifices you had to make to be here, that you made them for the Lord. Amen. And what a good God he is and worthy of all praise, glory and honor. What an exciting time of the year. Oh, I'm telling you, it just blesses my heart to see so, so many people that you normally would not be able to see, but for some reason or another, I don't know if it's the extra lights or what, but they feel like they can stick their heads and come outside and uh, enjoy this season. They put a smile on their face. Our kids were telling us, said, Dad, uh, people seem to be a lot nicer this time of the year. And I said, I don't know why we should be nice all the time, but maybe they got a, a present they're expecting, and they think if they're a, a, on the good list, they can get a present. I don't know. But uh, we want to show the joy of the Lord uh, 365 days this year coming up, 366 days, right? Praise the Lord. So it's uh, good to come and study God's Word together. Bible, the Bible says our minds are renewed by the Word of God. So what we're doing here today is a, a plan of God. It's the purpose of God for us to come together, corporately worship Him because He's truly worthy, corporately ascribe glory and honor and praise to our loving God who has forgiven us of our sins. Don't forget from how far we had fallen and what a deep pit we were in. You may say, well, I'm still in that pit. Well, the good news is... God wants to save you today. He wants to forgive you today. He wants to lift you up out of that muck and that mire today and set you on a rock that is higher than I. Amen. So we just celebrate the goodness of God. Corporately, he said he wanted us to come together, but he also wants us to study his word. His word is so powerful. His word is so inspired by his spirit that his Holy Spirit through the word will will renew our minds, that we can walk in the power and the plan of God. So as we prepare to study God's Word together, let's just go to Him in prayer. Father God, we thank You. What an amazing God. What an awesome God. What a loving God. The one, the true, the only living God. We worship You today. And we thank You for this supernatural book You've given us. The Word, Lord God, that we might study it. Holy Spirit, take any blinders off of our eyes. Remove any scales that we can see the truth of your word. Help open our ears that we can hear not what a man is saying, but what you, the Holy Spirit, is saying to us this day. Lord God, make our hearts tender to receive your word and believe your word and have faith to stand on your word and to walk according to your word. A faith that believes you in spite of what we see around us that we would walk not by sight, but by faith. Lord God, we pray, Holy Spirit, you would guide and direct us in the study now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 The good thing is we have the author of the book with us. The Holy Spirit has inspired God's holy word for us. He is here with us and dwells in us to help us understand his word today. 
The message today the Lord has laid on my heart is to call our God according to what He called Himself over 700 years before He was born. There was a prophet inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to prophesy and declare, For unto us a son will be given, and the Christ shall be born, a son shall be given, and the government will be upon His shoulder, and His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. That's Isaiah 6 and 9. 700 years before Jesus was ever born, the Bible tells us a child is coming. A child will be born. And a son, the Son of God, will be given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And he shall be called. And anytime the Bible says uh, calling God's name, talks about his character, his nature, who he is, and what he's come to do. He will be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. I want us to focus specifically on him being called Wonderful Counselor today. Wonderful Counselor. And there's two points that I want to make here. One, there are no punctuation marks in Hebrew. When you study the original text of the Old Testament Hebrew, that has no punctuation marks. So when you see uh, in some of the translations, it says wonderful, comma, counselor. Uh, that was in the translate. The translators just put that there. Now I had a teacher back in high school that she would almost have a nervous breakdown on things she called comma splices. She hated, I mean, I don't know why. I don't know if she was locked up in a dungeon surrounded by commas uh, or what. She had some trauma in her life. She hated commas and comma splices and, and the use of them uh, in abundance and then not using them correctly. She was always on us. We would actually, now this is bad. Kids, please don't listen to me here. We would, uh, we would raise the question about the use or the misuse of commas uh, when we didn't want her to do the lesson. Because she would go off. She would just, it would just trigger her. And she would go off about comma splices and we'd sit there and say, ha, 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 no new lesson. But we, she got the last laugh because we got tested on the whole text anyway. So, you know, nonetheless. But back then, you know, when you're, you're not quite have the wisdom you should, you, you get yourself in trouble. But uh, here, she would, have, she would have taken a whole class and explained uh, why this comma would have been out of place in most of the translations because when you go to the original language, you see that that God uh, usually has a dual expression for him, his name and his character. Not always, but most of the time, especially in the poetic uh, and prophetic uh, verses of Scripture, and like Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Alpha and the Omega, Lily of the Valley, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Shalom, Son of David, uh, Lion of Judah, Rose of Sharon. I could go on and on where there's a compound of, of uh, names for the nature and the character of God. So here in Isaiah, we can see the prophet being, uh, is very poetic in how he's writing in the Hebrew text. So it would only be right to conclude that the correct translation would be without the comma and he would be the wonderful counselor that that would be used together. 
And, uh, and one of the secondary reasons is because as you study that phrase in Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew word that, that we get for wonderful would be extraordinary. means beyond the ordinary, beyond the usual, beyond the average human sense, uh, our senses beyond it's not the natural but the supernatural so it's a wonderful supernatural but supernaturally what so it's 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 actually modifying the next word counselor that we see in the hebrew is translated strategist uh, an expert in strategies a person who can devise a favorable systematic plan of action usually concerning warfare and advancement so when we look at it together, the wonderful counselor is equal to the extraordinary strategist. That God has a plan that is not limited to the natural, but it can be supernatural, a plan, a strategy to get you to where he has created you to be. It may look impossible. It may feel impossible. All your senses says, I can't get from here to there. But God has a plan through his nature of, as wonderful counselor to take us into that supernatural realm. Hallelujah. He is come, and, and Jesus talks about that in John 14 and 16 and says, this plan is by my spirit being in you. He says, I'll pray to the Father and he will give you another counselor or helper or comforter. The Greek word is parakletos, that which comes alongside your weakness to be a strength. Kind of like a cast, a walking cast coming alongside a broken foot so you can still walk, but the most of the pressure and most of the stress is on the cast, allowing your foot to receive some of the stress which is necessary to get proper healing and growth and strength back, back there again, but you're not relying on your fullness of your brokenness, you're relying on that walking cast. Paracletos is that which comes alongside our brokenness like splints coming alongside a, a, a broken bone so that you can do what you normally could not do. So he says, I'm going to give you, I'm praying that the Father will give you another counselor, helper, comforter, parakletos, and he will abide with you forever. He's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you, but you know him. You who have faith to receive me, Jesus, as your, as your Savior, you now know that the Holy Spirit I have come to give you, and He will dwell with you, but look at here. He will also be in you. Hallelujah. So Jesus is teaching us as he, after He ascends to the Father in heaven that the Father is going to send the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, to be our wonderful counselor, to be our supernatural strategist, the one who knows the way out of every dilemma, the one who knows the answer to every question, the one who can give you the exact solution you require for whatever challenge you're facing. Now, I know we understand this today because we go to Siri and we ask Siri all kinds of questions. Siri... What is such and such and such and such? And sometimes she will say, I, she'll have an attitude. It seems like I read it as an attitude. And she's like, uh, I don't understand your question or I have no resource of what you're speaking of. Well, we were blessed with this little thing and you talk to it and you say, Alexa, Alexa, this and that and the other. And, sometimes, and Alexa seems to have a better attitude than Siri does. 
I don't know why, but Alexa sometimes says, I, I, I don't have the answer for that. I don't know. I, that is not, that application is not available to me or whatever it is. And then we go to Google, and sometimes Google gives us more paid ads and somebody trying to sell us something rather than giving us the answer. We'll go to Bing, we'll go to Yahoo. We know how it is to reach out beyond our limited knowledge to find and learn things beyond us. But Jesus said that, that without limitation and without reserve, I am giving you the Spirit of God to dwell in you, the Holy Spirit who was here at creation, who created the heavens and the earth, who created the trees, who created the animals, who created the birds in the air, He created the fish in the sea, who created the water source, salt and, and, and pure, and gave us oxygen and carbon dioxide, everything to work across according to his order, he, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, to dwell in us, the wonderful counselor, the extraordinary uh, um, supernatural strategist who will lead us in every, every way successful unto God. Hallelujah. That he has a ministry in your life. The Holy Spirit has a ministry in your life to counsel you, to guide you, to be your intercessor, to be your advocate, to be your comforter, to be your helper, to be your standby. All that we would welcome the Spirit of the living God to have His place in us. Because with His power working in us, you can never be defeated. He will always counsel you in the way that you should go. He will always provide the guidance as you seek His counsel. And let me tell you what, there is no evil, there is no power of darkness, there is no sickness that can rule over you uh, against the will and against the wisdom of God. Man may say, I don't have an answer for this, but God has an answer for it. Man may say, I'm limited here, but God says, I'm unlimited here. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 11, but if the Spirit who raised Him from the dead, hallelujah, Jesus Christ was in the tomb, but the Holy Spirit raised Him from the dead, and if that same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, what will He do? He will give life. He will vitalize. He will give life. He will give wisdom. He will give direction. He will give promotion. He will give advancement. He will give victory to your mortal body through His Spirit who dwells in you. Hallelujah. We have the wonderful Counselor in us because Jesus has baptized us with Him. Remember John the Baptist said, I came, I come and I baptize you in water. But there's one coming after me. He said, I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. One translation says to untie his sandals. Another one says to tie his sandals. He says, I'm not worthy to do that, but he is coming and I baptize you in water, but he's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Jesus is bringing the spirit of God creation, the spirit of resurrection power from heaven to earth and depositing him in us. Hallelujah. Resurrection power dwells in you. Did you know that? Stone moving power move, dwells in you. Life giving power dwells in you. From death to life power dwells in you. You got to know that. So a son is, will be given. A son will be given. He will be called Wonderful Counselor. Incarnate Jesus is coming. He's bringing the Holy Spirit to make a deposit in us that we can live a supernatural life. We have the extraordinary 
strategist living in us. We have the wisdom of God in us. We have the power of God in us. We have the love of God in us. You've got to realize that. You've got to believe that. If you're born again, if you're a believer, and you have asked the Father to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, you have all of God's wisdom and all of God's nature and all of God's power and all of God's glory dwelling in you. That's why the devil is defeated and you are victorious. Bible talks about being the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Why? Because of the wonderful counselor who dwells in us. I want to give you some biblical examples of our wonderful counselor, the extraordinary strategist, and how he will tell us things and give us uh, ways to do things that are completely different than the natural wisdom of man. And if you'll do it God's way, even though if it doesn't make sense, if you'll do it God's way, you'll get God's results. Let me give you several examples. I believe this will build your faith and you'll go into this week to see the supernatural manifest of the glory of God in your life and in your family. There's one. They were surrounded and there was no way out. Second Chronicles chapter 20. God's children, the Bible says that they're, 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 they were surrounded by three enemies. You've got Amnon and Moab and Mount Seir coming against the people of God, wanting to destroy the people of God. Now, when I look at armies of the Old Testament and enemies of God's people in the Old Testament, to me that is a, a, a kind of a physical, pictorial uh, reality that happened in the natural, but it's teaching me how demons work. Because all these people that hated God and hated God's people, it was the spirit behind them, the same demon spirits that are coming against the people today. And the Bible says that today we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but our fight is what? Against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. So we have a spiritual battle going on in the demonic realm where Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy, right? So we, we, when I look at Old Testament, I, I'm actually not looking as much at the physical soldiers as the spirit behind it, saying whether it's the demons or the spirit of God at, fight, at war here. So look, they're surrounded, there's no way out. There's Amnon, there's Moab, Mount Seir, they're coming in against the people of God wanting to destroy them. Now this king that they have at this time, he went and began to seek the Lord, Jehoshaphat. He's going to seek the Lord. He proclaims a fast throughout the nation. He gets everybody assembled together because he knows there's power. God does something supernatural when we come together in assembly. That's why the first day of the week we like to assemble together. We even say that's not enough for us. Wednesday night we're assembling. Tuesday night healing rooms we're assembling. Friday nights, Friday day. I mean, we're always finding times to assemble. Thursday night praise and worship teams assembling. We're finding others that are assembling because uh, it's so important when we come together. One can put a thousand to flight, the Bible says. Two can put 10,000. There's 10 times the power of the exponential when we come together. So they had called an assembly before the Lord and Jehoshaphat, he stood up before the assembly and there he begins to cry out to God. Now, all of the men and the wives and the children, they stood before the Lord as well. And as they're, they're praying and they're crying out to God for guidance, God, what do we do? What do we do? These powerful armies of three nations have surrounded us and their plan is to destroy us. And the Bible says, as they called upon the Lord, the Spirit of God, wonderful counselor, the Spirit of God, the extraordinary uh, strategist, comes upon Jehaziel in the midst of the assembly and the Spirit of God began to speak through him saying, so here's, here's God's strategy. He's giving counsel. 
He says, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude that's coming against you. Don't let the size of the opposition cause fear and dismay. Now, I'm speaking to somebody here today. I don't know what opposition you're coming up against. I don't know what size it is. I don't know how long it's been coming against you. But the Spirit of the Lord is saying, don't let it cause fear or dismay. And dismay means to be broken down, shattered to pieces, meaning your confidence and your faith has just been shattered. No, stand strong. And this is why. He says, for the battle is not yours, but God's. God is saying, if you'll stand on my word, I'm going to come fight this battle for you. If you have divine assistance, you are not alone in what you're going through. Somebody needs to hear that. Somebody that's tuning in needs to hear that. You are not alone. God says, you have divine assistance. I am with you. I will fight this thing for you. And then he tells them in verse 16, he said, now what I want you to do is go out tomorrow against them. Don't rush into this with raw emotion. Do not uh, uh, take and just say, i, I got to do it now. If God says the victory is now. No, he says, I want you to take time and meditate on what I've told you. you got to meditate on the promise that God has given you. And then he says, now tomorrow, by faith, I need you to show up. By faith, I need your faith to show up. I'm going to do the fight for you, but I need your faith to show up. And for your faith to show up, you need to meditate on what I promised you. Stand on what I promise you. And he says, because I tell you again, you will not need to fight this battle. And the time that you wait is the time that you trust the Lord to do what he says he's going to do. I'm telling you, I love it when things happen instantaneous. I'm telling you, I love it. But instant potatoes are not as good as the old-fashioned potatoes. I can tell you that. Instant macaroni, some of these kids think it is, but it ain't as good as the old-fashioned macaroni. Instant banana pudding, it... Uh, <coughs> no, no, no. You make that thing with that flour and that milk and that butter and that sugar and you stir it and don't you let it stick and you get that pudding made from scratch. And, oh, and then you take the uh, egg whites and make that meringue and you beat it till you get a peak. I'm telling you, that banana pudding stands uh, heads uh, above that stuff you just mix with a little milk and water and throw some Cool Whip on it, okay? Now... Now, now some, but with God, you know, we think, give us instant, give it instant. And God says, I want you to wait. I want you to learn to trust me. Wait on the Lord. That's what he says in Isaiah 40 and 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Who's going to renew your strength? Your strength will be renewed when you wait on the Lord, when you trust in the Lord, when you trust in his timing. You're going to mount up with wings as eagles. You're going to run, not be weary. You're going to walk and not faint. Hallelujah. They that wait upon the Lord. So you've got to position yourself, he said. He said to Jehoshaphat and the people of Israel, position yourself and stand still. Stand and remain firm. Stand on the word of God. Stand on his promise. If he said you and your household shall be saved, stand on the promise. If he said by my stripes you are healed, stand on the promise. If he says I'm going to take you from this place to a higher place from glory to glory, stand on his promise. When he says it, stand on it, endure. Stand on the promise of God. He says position yourself. Stand still and see. You've got to have vision to observe God's mighty wonders. 
You've got to be expectant. You've got to have a vision to look and say, I'm expecting God to do a miracle. I'm expecting God to bring breakthrough. I'm expecting to see the supernatural manifest of heaven on earth. Hallelujah. We've got to learn to look expecting something supernatural. Natural. He says, and you will see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. And that word salvation in Hebrew is Yeshua, which is, means salvation and deliverance and welfare, prosperity, victory, healing, uh, promotion. Hallelujah. It's the same parallel to the New Testament word sozo of salvation. That God he wants you to see your healing. He wants you to see your prosperity. He wants you to see your victory. He wants you to see the deliverance. He wants you to see His salvation in your life. And then he wraps it up and says, and do not fear and be dismayed. Don't let the size of the opposition cause fear. I say it to you, don't let the, the, the length of how long this thing has been going on cause dismay. Don't allow it. And he says, when this word came to the people, they began to worship the Lord. Even before it happened, they began to worship the Lord. Now that's faith. Well, we begin to praise God for His promise because we know He's not a man that He should lie and He's going to fulfill what He said He's going to do. So we begin, that's true nature of faith. We begin to praise Him and worship Him for, for the fulfillment of the promise before the promise is fulfilled. So they begin to worship the Lord. And the Levites, they stood up and began to praise the Lord with loud voices and high voices. And, and, and the people joined in as they worshiped God. For the rest of that day. And they slept that night. And then the Bible says in verse 20. So the people rose early the next morning. And they went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went there as they went. Jehoshaphat stood and said. Hear me O Judah. And you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. Stand on his promise. Stand on his word. And you shall be established. That word in Hebrew establishes amon, which means you will drink of all that he has provided. You're going to drink. I'm telling somebody today, you're going to drink. If you'll stand on the promises of God in faith unwavered, you will drink of all that he has provided. He said, believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And that Hebrew word for prosper means you're going to advance. You're going to make progress. You're going to succeed. You're going to be made more profitable. That's what it literally means. So what did the people do? They said, we're sending the praisers out front of the army. This thing, this God, this wonderful counselor, this extraordinary strategist, this amazing God who's given us instruction in what to do is so absolutely amazing. We can't help but even praise him in the battle. Hallelujah. God said we won't have to fight, so we're going forth praising. So they put the praisers out first, and they began to praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. And the Bible says in verse 22, when they began to praise and, and sing unto God, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Amnon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and every one of the enemy was defeated. Hallelujah! The three enemies, Amnon, Moab, and Mount Seir, they turned against each other. God had set an ambush upon them to where they bumped into each other and they thought they were each other's enemy and they destroyed each other. 
Now again, this physical fighting shows us what's happening in the spiritual realm. When we do it God's way, when we receive counsel from God, when we allow Him to set the strategy and we by faith walk it, whether it makes sense or not, demons start fighting against demons. The very demons that were coming against you will start fighting the other demons that were coming against you. And the next thing you know, the devil's plan is going to be backfired. Uh, what the enemy's going to meant for evil is going to be turned for your good. Uh, and God is going to give you the blessing rather than the curse, just like Balaam when he was paid to release a curse. And when he spoke, it it got turned into a blessing hallelujah so when Judah came to the place overlooking the encampment of the enemy they looked and not one not one was moving every one thousands all dead the Bible says not one spared it took them three days going in all day long just to take the wealth of the enemy they're all dead all the wealth of these three nations took them three days to bring the wealth in. I'm telling you what the enemy has had in store for you, trying to freak you out, trying to put you in fear, trying to make you think that this is your last day, this is your last encampment. I'm telling you what, if you will seek the wonderful counselor, if you will let the extraordinary strategists give you direction and you by faith will stand on that promise and stand on that word and walk that word out, I promise you one thing, you're going to see not only the enemy that's come against you defeated, but you're going to get advanced, you're going to get promoted, you're going to prosper. Everything that the enemy was trying to steal from you is going to come back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Hallelujah. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. It's not by our strength. It's not by our willingness and our endurance. No, God says my spirit, the wonderful counselor, he's going to do it for you. Hallelujah. Let me give you another example of the wonderful counselor giving instructions on doing something that literally made no sense in the natural but remember, we're getting the wisdom from the supernatural, the one who created it all, who knows the end from the beginning. We can trust Him. And this time, He tells them to dig a ditch when they're in the middle of a wilderness, in the middle of a drought. There is no rain. There is no water. They are thirsty. They think they're going to die. They're so thirsty. And God tells them to dig a ditch. Now, here's what's going on in 2 Kings 3. Israel and Judah... And Edom are, are going up against this fierce Moabites. The Moabites, they're again representing demon spirits, you could say, that want nothing more than destroy the people of God. And Jehoshaphat is still king over Judah, and, and they've marched for seven days in the desert, and they were all thinking they were dying of thirst. And Jehoshaphat called for the prophet of the Lord, Elisha. In their distress, they said, we got to get a word from God. we got to get instruction from God. we got to come to the wonderful counselor. Okay, remember, this is the Old Testament. So they're seeking the counsel from without. Remember what Jesus says, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, that now you have the Holy Spirit within. But they're still Old Testament reaching from without. So they get Elisha, and Elisha, uh, in their distress, they seek for uh, a word from God. And, and they wanted to hear what God said about their situation. Because let me tell you what, they knew if God did it how he did it before, you know, if we stay in contact with him, he's got a way out today as well. So Elisha calls 
for a musician. He's like, man, he just, I mean, I'm not feeling anything. God gets some music played. He calls for a musician. And as the musicians begin to play, the spirit of God comes upon him. And Elijah tells them, this is what the Lord says. Go out and dig ditches. Now, this had to be a faith act, okay? There is no water. There's no river. There is no rain. There's no wind. There are no clouds. There's nothing but sand. This thing is dry. But they're going to dig ditches. is usually to direct water, right? Uh, But he says, dig ditches and the water will come. And the Lord says, there will be no wind. The Lord says, there will be no rain. But the water will flow into low places. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. Wow, your tough situation. Maybe God has a plan for you. And it may not make sense, but God said, just do what I said. I need obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And no, it's easy for me. I'm going I'm to bring you through this. Just do what I ask you to do. Now, remember, there's cir- circumstance, serious drought. That means this thing, you dig, 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 dig down deep. You still don't find any water, okay? They're in a desert. They felt like they're thirsty. Can you imagine digging in sand when you're thirsty after marching for seven days? I can't. There's no rain. But these men learn that we can trust God. If God says do it, do it. And the next day, the Bible says the Moabites, they get up from their encampment, sunrise. They look out over the valley, this desert valley. And when they looked, they saw these valley, these ditches that were filled with what we know was water, but they didn't know it was water. The way the sun, you know when the sun rises and when the sun sets, all these magical colors that you see in the sky and all? Well, the, the, the sun reflecting on this water was red. It was one of those red clouds, red days, red, red colors. And when they saw that, they, the enemy thought, oh, They've killed themselves. They've all been destroyed. And that is blood. That's their blood. There's no, with that much blood, there's nobody left alive. So they threw down all their weapons and out of greed, they wanted to lighten their load so they could go in and take all the spoil that they could carry. And they go running in. And when they run in, to their surprise, Israel, Judah, and Edom, they are waiting for them to ambush them and literally whip their... Okay, we won't finish that sentence. Okay. They are destroyed. Hallelujah. Wow. So one time God tells them when they're surrounded with no way out, you're not going to have to fight. Here's what I want you to do. And God destroyed, causes them to destroy themselves. Another time, same king, another time, uh, God, the wonderful counselor, tells them, dig the ditch. So I'm telling you, you've got to learn to not put God in a box. See, some people say, God, you healed blind Bartimaeus by just saying to him, go, your faith has made you whole. So now all I need you to do is say, go, uh, your faith has made you whole. But then when you say you limit God to that way of healing, now he's got mud and spittle, then he's making a little mud cake and he's putting it on a blind man's eye and tell him to go to the pool and to wash his eyes. So don't you put God in a box. What we need is an up-to-date, current relationship with our God and hear what he is saying about your circumstance and your situation now because he has a plan. He is the wonderful counselor. He will counsel you. He will lead you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He will lead you into victory. 
He is a victorious God. That's why he says we're more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Let me give you another example. And this one is a very familiar story in the Bible that we read about, about Gideon. You remember about Gideon? Oh my goodness. Where God tells him to downsize. He, they've got an enemy coming against them in Judges 7. And, uh, and it says these Midianites are innumerable. Their camels are innumerable. Man, this is a large army coming against them. So God tells Gideon to call together those who are willing to fight. 32,000 volunteers. Normally 32,000, you'd say, quite impressive. But 32,000 against an innumerable, you can't even count them, so big, large army coming against you. Wow. And what? So Gideon seeks the Lord again and says, uh, and God says, wait a minute, Gideon, you got too many. What? You got too many. Too many, God, in the natural, that don't make sense. God says, do you want to do it your way or my way? My way is going to give you guaranteed success. Do you want my way or your way? Your way, Lord. So he says, tell anyone that's fearful, got any fear, go home. 22,000. I can see Gideon like, no, 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 let's re rephrase that. You know what? You know, if you're a coward and you're not even a man, you go home. You know, he wanted to kind of shame them. No, he didn't do that. He let them go. He's down to 10,000. Man, what are we going to do? 10,000 against an innumerable army. He goes to the Lord and the wonderful counselor gives counsel. He says, you got too many. Too many? What do you mean, God? He said, take them down by the river. The ones that are selfish and all about their own thirst and just dip their head into water and drink like a dog, send them home. But the ones that will take the water up in their hand, watching their brother's back, looking out, being observant and drink from their hand, keep those. Now I can see Gideon going, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, don't you want to drink different? You ever consider drinking out of your hand? I don't know if he was negotiating with them or not. But the Bible says 9,700 had their head like dogs in the water drinking. And God says, send them home. 300 men. 300 men. Can you imagine? Now, Gideon says, God, I'm trusting you in this. And God, and God helps his faith, and God will help your faith. So Gideon, that night, he goes on some intelligence gathering, okay? And he goes up to the enemy's camp, and he's hiding in the bushes, and he's listening to the soldiers that are talking. And he overheard the Midianite soldiers saying, I've been having this dream. You've been having a dream? I've been having a dream too. Not, mine wasn't a dream. Mine was a nightmare. No, mine was a nightmare. And they're saying, what? And they compared their nightmares. And the nightmares they were having was that this loaf of barley bread was rolling off of the mountains, coming from the mountains and literally destroying them. So, so it was like in their dreams, they were interpreting it that the, the, this God of these people they're coming against was going to destroy them from the mountaintops. So they, they, that, that's what they're afraid of. So Gideon goes back and he's like, Lord, what do you want me to do? He says, I want you to take the men, the 300 you got left, give them a torch, a clay pot and a trumpet. And I want you to get them to surround the uh, mountain peaks around this valley where all the Midianites are gathered in and sleeping. And I want you to have that clay jar over that torch and when the right time, break the jar, let the light shine and sound the trumpet and make these declarations. And uh, so they did just that. And the Midianites woke up and they saw all these lights surrounding them. They've been already having these dreams that these barley loaves was going to be rolling off of the mountains and destroying them. So everything that bumped them, they're, they're like, that. that's it, that's it. And they killed themselves, literally destroyed themselves. And those 300 men got the victory over an innumerable army. Hallelujah. 
I'm telling you, our wonderful counselor, you can trust his counsel. You can trust his counsel. It may not make sense, but he may be causing the dreams to be in, uh, interrupted in people's lives and giving them preparation to yield over what you thought that they were going to hold over your life for the rest of your life. Man, you can trust the wonderful counselor. And then there's this other one. This is amazing. You remember Naaman? Naaman has uh, this leprosy comes upon him. And, uh, and, and, the, and the servant of the Lord said, God would say to you, go and dip in the Jordan River seven times. Now, if you remember, Naaman's like, wait a minute, I come from a country we got better rivers, more beautiful, cleaner water than the Jordan. Why should I go dip in the muddy Jordan? And don't you know that lepers are to keep their wounds dry if we get them wet, they can get infected and it can accelerate uh, of what we're dealing with here. So water and leprosy is not supposed to go together and especially a muddy, contaminated river. But God said the Jordan seven times. Six times did nothing. But the seventh time he went down, the Bible says when he came up, his skin was like a newborn baby. You can trust the wonderful counselor. The, the extraordinary strategist has a plan for you. So whatever your circumstance and your situation, you can trust him. Okay. And then finally, I'm going to wrap it up with this one here. This is an amazing, amazing guidance by God in his spirit. And that is the virgin birth. In Luke 1 and 28, and having come in, the angel said to Mary, remember Mary, she's a virgin, she's a young girl, the angel comes to her and says, Rejoice, highly favored one of the Lord, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at him, saying, and considered, What manner of greeting is this? This isn't the norm, you know, an angel coming to me. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom. There will be no end. Now look at what Mary says in verse 34. Mary then says to the angel, well, how can this be since I do not know a man? Now, the, i got to break down this, this phrase, how can this be, this question, because it's very, very important we understand. In the Greek, verbs have tenses and they have temper, uh, temper and so forth, and we need to understand what, how, how she said this, because it makes all the difference in the world. This word, this is how, she said, how can this be? How comes from the Greek word passe, which means in what way? Not how, this is ridiculous, how this could never happen. No, in what way, uh, and then esome is uh, where it's translated here, can this be, and many translate it shall be, means this will surely take place. So here's what Ma Mary really said. She says, I believe this will take place. Just tell me how and let me know what I need to do. When you seek counsel from God, you need to say, God, just, I, I, just, I know this is going to take place. Just tell me how, what you want me to do. I'll participate. I know you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Just show me how you want me to be involved in this. So here the angel of the Lord answered and said, this is how. This is how it's going to take place. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. 
Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For God, with God, nothing will be impossible. So he says, Mary, this is going to be a supernatural conception. You're not going to know a man. You're going to see a miracle take place here. I just need you to be available. And to encourage your faith in the natural, you're going to see this, your, your cousin Elizabeth, who is of old age, past childbearing, but she and her husband's going to have a miracle child. She's already pregnant. You're going to see that. That will encourage you. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So we're learning today, how does the impossible happen? Why? Because you may have an impossible circumstance or situation in your life. You may be dealing with a tough, tough situation this Christmas season. And I'm here to encourage you, build your faith so that you can move into what God has for you. And as Mary says, and let it be to me according to your word. But you need a word from the Lord. You need counsel from the wonderful counselor. And here's what he's saying. How does the impossible happen? When Mary said, how is this going to happen? The angel said, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. I would say the same to you today. How is your impossible going to be made possible? The Holy Spirit, the extraordinary strategist, the wonderful counselor is going to give you guidance. He's going to give you instruction. He's going to give you power. How is the miraculous going to take place? The Holy Spirit. How is the impossible going to be made possible? The Holy Spirit. How are you going to see a turnaround in your life? The Holy Spirit. How are you going to close out? 2019 and move into 2020 with the supernatural favor and blessing of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Take on the spirit that Mary had where it says, be it unto me according to your word. Not the spirit of Zacharias who says, I don't believe this. And God made him dumb for six months so he couldn't speak negative until his child was born. It's time that we take on the heart of Mary. It says, be it unto me according to your word. The spirit of Mary says, God said it. It's going to happen. I don't know exactly how it's going to happen. It's beyond my limitations, but it's going to happen. I just want to do my part. See, sometimes we just sit back and say, God, if you want it, do it. God, if you want it, I want it. And if you want it, then make it happen. But you need to take on the heart of Mary who says, let me know what I need to do. I know you're going to do it. And and you said you're going to do it by your spirit. But let me know what I need to do. But I know the super part's going to be you, Lord God. This is beyond my limitations. But I know it's going to happen. I just want to do my part. I believe. I believe. I'm going to stand on your word. I receive it. Be it unto me as your word says, oh God. And if you came in here this morning with a how? How am I going to see God fix my problem? How am I going to see my family turned around? How am I going to get out of this terrible depression? How am I going to get up out of this uh, uh, brokenness in body and, and get into my healing? Uh, how am I going to get out of this crisis? How am I going to get it from under this suffocating debt that is piling in on me? Uh, how am I going to, how, how, how? I got a word from you on my lips right from God today. Uh, the answer to the how is the Holy Ghost. Uh, the Holy Ghost. Uh, the, Jesus said, I will pray to the Father and He will give you another. He'll give you a counselor, a helper, a comforter, a paracletos, a wonderful counselor, an extraordinary strategist. Hallelujah. And He will abide with you forever. But He only won't be with you. He will be in you going forward. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together and praise the Lord. He deserves a praise today. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How's my spouse going to get saved and set free and delivered? The Holy Ghost. How's my business going to prosper and go forward? The Holy Ghost. Don't psychoanalyze it. Don't put it under a microscope and try to figure out every detail. You trust the Lord. You go and meditate on God. Stand on God's Word and go to sleep and rest and get up the next day with praise on your lips expecting to see the full manifest of what God has for you. It's it's time we trust the word of the Lord. It's time we trust God's plan for our lives. Hallelujah. We're in partnership with the wonderful counselor. We're in partnership with the extraordinary strategist. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I would say it to you this day. Two things please don't do. Don't let the enemy rob you of your miracle. One don't quench the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19, quench not the Holy Spirit. Don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Don't extinguish the Holy Spirit. Don't put His Spirit's fire out. Don't say, ah, oh, that's not for me. That's not for today. No, no, no. I'm telling you, the God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth wants to live in you, wants to guide you, wants to direct you from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from victory to victory. He wants to do in you and through you so supernaturally to lead you into the fulfillment of your divine purpose. Each and every one of you have a divine purpose. You walk this planet not by happenstance, not by mistake. You have been sent here by God. He has a plan for your life. And that plan's going to need, it's necessary to have the super come alongside the natural in order for you to fulfill God's plan. Do you hear what I'm saying? So we got to learn to turn into trust and hear the wonderful counselor, the Spirit of God that lives in us. we got to learn to hear Him and obey Him. Hallelujah. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. And Ephesians 4 and 3, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. That means don't make sorrowful. He has a plan for you. Don't make the, the Holy Spirit say, your life never accomplished what you were created to accomplish. You, you, you cut me out. You shut me down. You grieved me. Oh, it's God's greatest delight is to bring forth the manifest of His superfluous plan for your life, His amazing plan for your life to fruition. You say, you say man, it would be such a favor for me to live prospered in, in, in God's way in the, in the realm He's created me. And I mean prospered in health, prospered in relationships, prospered in mind, prospered in, in every area, prospered in abundance, in every area. That would be amazing. But you know, God, I know He's busy and there's other people maybe more deserving. No, you grieve the Holy Spirit when you refuse to go into that level that He's created you. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. As a partner, let me tell you what, His ministry is open to you in extraordinary ways because you are united in Him as you want to fulfill His purpose for your life. Oh, grieve not the Holy Spirit. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon His shoulder. And His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor! Jesus has come! Christmas is the celebration of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ! And He came to bring wonderful counsel! 
and mighty God and everlasting Father and Prince of Peace to us. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? Father, we stand in your presence even now. We stand to celebrate. We stand to glorify. We stand to worship you. As Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel would worship you, even with impending danger right around the corner. As they touched you, you touched them, and you took care of the enemy. Lord, today we may come in here with an enemy that is coming against us. An enemy that's trying to rob us of our marriage. An enemy that's trying to rob us of relationships with our children. An enemy that's trying to divide and separate friendship. An enemy that is trying to destroy our health and cause us an early death. An enemy that's coming in here trying to steal our wealth and cause us to barely get by or go under. An enemy that is trying to destroy. An enemy that is trying to box us in and lock us in. But God, You have given us the wonderful Counselor. You have given us Your Holy Spirit. You have given us the extraordinary strategist. And Holy Spirit, we welcome You. Welcome You. Welcome You. Come, speak, minister in and through us. We are here to hear what you say and to do what you command. And if you're standing here today and you want to walk out of here under the counsel of the creator of the heavens and the earth and he who, whose wisdom and knowledge is inexhaustible, you got to first be saved. This body has to be surrendered to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you've never called on the name of Jesus, the good news is the Bible says everyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Did you hear what I said? Everyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Have you called upon His name? Come on, everybody, pray. And I want you to pray. There are people... People that are tuning in from all around the world. There are people that fill this room here right now. I want you praying. Praying against every opposition. Praying against every lie that would hinder and keep someone from calling on the name of Jesus right now. Pray. Pray. I need intercessors praying. If you're here today and you've never called on the name of Jesus, you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior to come and to live in your life and through your life, and you want to surrender to Him right now while everybody's eyes are closed and everybody's praying and interceding, I want you to just raise your hand to me and say, Pastor, I want you to pray with me. Pray with me. I see that hand and I see it. Yes, and I see that hand. Yes, and I see that hand. Yes, I see those hands. Yes, I see those hands. Yes, Lord, I see them. I see them, Lord. Just raise it up. The Bible says if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. Don't be ashamed. Just raise your hand. Say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I want to call on your name right now. Jesus, Jesus. With your hands lifted, I want to just pray with you right now. Pray after me and everybody, all my intercessors, pray with me as well. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you now. And I thank you that you pro provided a bridge to bring me back to you. And that bridge is your son, Jesus. He is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. He lived. He died. He was raised from the dead. He ascended on high. He sent His Holy Spirit. And by His Spirit's guidance, I am calling out to you now. Jesus. Jesus. Be my Lord. My Savior. Come on, make that prayer. Jesus. Make it loud. Jesus. 
Come, be my Lord and my Savior. I yield my life to you from this day forward. Now, before we close this prayer, let me give this one bit of counsel. Jesus says, if a father was asked by his son for bread, that father would not give his son a stone. And if that father was asked by his son for a fish, that father would not give his son a scorpion. And Jesus says, now that's an evil father or, or, or worldly father who doesn't even have the mind of God and he wants to do good to his son. How much more will my father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Will you ask the father in Jesus' name for refilling, fullness, or to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I did this 20 years ago. I'm talking about right now. He is to, we are to talk about the ever-filling, ever-flowing, ever-fullness of the Spirit of God. Would you ask Him? Now let's continue our prayer. Father God, in the name of Your Son, Jesus, and according to His instructions, we petition You now to fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with the wonderful counselor. Fill us with the extraordinary strategist. Spirit of the living God, I receive you. I will not quench you. I will not grieve you. I will listen to you. I will be led by you. I will be empowered by you. I will be used for God's glory by you. From this day forward, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory to God. May He be exalted.